Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. Is that vibrating in your pocket? It's the new episode of Aussie Tech Heads. That's right. It's episode 398. Welcome. Oh, look, we've got a, a rabble here tonight. So, um, so welcome everyone. It is a, it's another week of the show. So, how is all going? It is brought to you by ATHWebHosting.com.au. Go there and find some nice little shared hosting plans for your for your enjoyment and wonderment at how we can bring them to you. So affordable. They're cheap. Aussie servers. Good stuff. All right, got a big show tonight. And uh, let's kick it off. Let's say we've got a special guest. He's on screen right now. Hi, Steve. We've seen him before, but not so bright. How you going, Steve? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Now, he was intelligent last time we met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, it looks like uh, Steve's there uh, sporting some sort of beanie and a, and a, a big jumper. Uh, where are you, Steve? You're in Sydney this week? Uh, Central Coast, yeah. Oh, in, right. She's cold. Sunny Central Coast. All right, cold up there as well. Well, there you go. It, it is cold. Now you've got you've got something to show us in a minute, but we'll come back to that in a sec. Let's go to Will. He's on tonight. How you going, Will? How we doing, mate? Good. He's good. on something, right? More <laughs> yeah. on something. It's just the depth of various. Oh, look, Wait. Will's in a t-shirt. Must be must be hot up there in uh, sunny Ipswich. So it's all right up there, Will. Oh, it's like uh, it's about minus. One or two, oh, yeah, rubbish. it's not too bad. <laughs> rubbish. And, um, <laughs> and Warlock. Serious, they called yeah. minus seven last night. <laughs> I hear. He is here and he's uh, on. Hello. coming from Sydney and he's uh, he's looking. You, yeah. got some, you got some ice on that little Beautiful beard of yours. Sydney. You got ice, icicles Beautiful on that sunny. beard. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My car did this morning. Yeah, oh, windscreen's no. got yeah, ice no every day nearly. And, well, you know, I'm on the Gold Coast, obviously, and it is getting a bit cool, but that's enough of the weather, Australia's weather report. Uh, let's go. Uh, <laughs> what are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Tune in again next week for more weather. <laughs> look, uh, look, I suppose, I don't know. Steve, let's let's go and talk to Steve. What have you got to show us, Steve? You've got something. Uh, you've got a prop. You brought a prop in this week. <laughs> show us your thing. Is that my internet bad or someone else's? He's. <laughs> this is I can't hear anyone hardly. Oh, there we go. There Hello? it is. Hang on, hang on. He's going to have to say something. Say something, Steve, so we get you back on the screen. Hello. Nope. Hello. Nope. Hello? <laughs> That's Hello? Works. Say, uh, say, uh, I am Steve, and I am cold. <laughs> I am Stephen. I am cold. Can there you, you are. There you are. Yes. Ah, yeah. oh, there we go. Hey, <laughs> technology. Took a while. Now, uh, what have you got for us? You've got a what is this? A big, a big, a pickaxe. That's a nice axe. That's yeah. right. And what what is this axe that you that you hold up in front of us? And my axe. The, 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 <laughs> I think he needs a this new is internet. The, uh, axe from, uh, oh no! Is my internet dropping? Yeah. So what that is, what is what Steve brought in for us tonight was the axe from the Battle Hack. Now um, I'm not sure his internet is playing up a little bit, or someone's internet is, but we'll try and uh, come back to him in a sec. But uh, look, while that while his internet picks up some speed, and hopefully it will as uh, time goes on, we'll just uh, we'll talk about another internet story, eh? Just 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 for now, because it could be just someone downloading something uh, illegally off his Wi-Fi. So uh, New Zealand ISP. Oh, yeah, oh, damn hackers. Uh, they battle hackers. <laughs> <laughs> They're following him around. The New Zealand ISP allows its customers to subscribe to the US version of Netflix. How do you like that one? Now, this mob over there, uh, Slingshot, who is the local, the local provider in New Zealand, wants to give its subscribers a little extra perk, it says. The ISP just added a new global mode 
to its internet plans that allow its customers to access audio, uh, to access video services like Netflix and uh, all that sort of stuff uh, coming from the wrong country. So it's obviously going through a VPN uh, and you, it's popping out in New York apparently. And now uh, this wouldn't be legal. Would it, what's your opinion on this one, Jase? I don't this would be against the terms of Netflix and the likes, terms and conditions. And well, according to latest figures, I think Netflix had something like 100,000 Australian users. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they originally they wouldn't even accept um, credit cards from Australia, but they took that restriction off because, you know, money more important than That's holding right. up stupid rules about uh, where you can broadcast what. So they're doing they're doing really well from it and since they're supposed to be launching here next year i don't think it really matters a lot of people are happy to watch it and they're unhappy with uncle rupee murdoch yeah 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 well that's good but yeah apparently uh it goes on to say uh, apparently they've gone we just we don't this is a slingshot okay this is how they they're selling this product or this is how they're getting around the the the, the possible illegalities of the whole scenario, uh, they've come out with a statement and said, we don't want our guests being treated like second-class second, second class citizens just because they are staying in New Zealand. Well, how do you like that? We want them to have their the same rich online experiences as they do in their own country. Global mode lets them access their favourite international sites and services from home broadband connection. So I don't know about you, but if, if you're on holidays in New Zealand, who cares about the TV? You'd be out skiing. Or doing something, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, looking, taking photos at Dot Com's house or something. Seeing what, see if he's got any um, shows left behind. Well, you go up there, couldn't I'm you? Sure, you'd have free a nice anyway. VPN connection. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd have, a, you'd have a big library for free anyway. Oh, Kimmy. Yeah. Uh, what do you reckon about that, Steve? Are you back with us? Am I back? Yeah. Oh, Hello? yes. Yes. Did you? Yay! Hear... I made it. Did you hear that story? Yes. Yeah. What do you? Yeah. Think? Well, um. Uh, now we lost him again. Yeah, I think I think things are exploding. In Kim dot com is too exciting. Kim's been um, doing. So you mentioned Kim dot com and the the feds moved in. <laughs> All right, Wi Fi is no great thing. Okay, so well, <laughs> what do you reckon? Just will? A, it's just a grey area, isn't it? Really, I mean, it is. The terms of service say naughty, naughty, don't do it, but their bank account says yes, please. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, how 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 legally binding are terms of service? I mean, realistically, I mean, they're not. The terms of service isn't a contract. No, it's not a legal contract thing. It's just what yeah. we'd like you to do with our service. And if you do something else, well, we prefer if you didn't do it. And if we decide to come down on you, we've got some leverage for it. But uh, well, it's a contract. If we don't really sorts. care. Then who matters? It's a contract of sorts. Because well, and a, and a Eula is a contract because that's end user license, so that's affecting me specifically, mm. and that I have to agree to that. But is a hey, we'd like you to do this. That's not really a contract. You can't make somebody do something. Comp- I don't know. It, it's the problem is the law is written to support big business. So whatever big business want to do, they'll get away with anyway. Yeah, but surely being at your business or you know being your business, you'd be able to dictate what goes on and so so like whether or not it's not might or might not be in their terms but there would be a eula when you sign up or some sort of form of contract when you sign up and in there somewhere it's more than likely going to say uh you can't access this service or whatever outside the area or whatever but i'm just saying that but it's um, up to them it's up to them personally if they want to enforce it or not they're not going to send hmm. gi joe around your place to blow you up for That's doing right. something yeah send the exactly cops or lawyers after you because it's not really i mean legality thing it's just like we prefer you if you wouldn't do it so that's what i mean it, it's do. not not necessarily a legally binding contract it might be a user contract and saying if to use this you have to do that but i mean it's not that i'm a great you know one to talk about law but as far as i'm no has anybody ever been you know no. sued for not following a, a a eula or a you know like yeah, well, I know in, in business, you know, everyone's got your, their terms and conditions and that's yeah. what you both agree to before you start, before you enter into the contract of doing the work for, for the Yeah, person. but the government agrees to do a lot of things and they don't either, so I figure, hey, if they don't do it, well, no one else has got to. Yeah, Talking well, about internet issues. Probably this, I've just uncovered, maybe, maybe the source of the problem. Tell me what you think. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I know. Drum roll, please. Chicken <laughs> man. Look Wait, what, what I got in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know who else got that? Evan's head got that. 
And then two days later, they got a mass publication saying, no, sorry, that wasn't meant for you. Now, what it, what it was was a, was a card. It was like a big postcard from Telstra. On the front, it says, Glenn, you're getting better broadband. So let's turn over and see what it's all about, hey? Hi, Glenn. Here's some good news. We've recently upgraded the broadband network in Rabina. So you should be experiencing faster speeds even during peak usage hours of 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. Guess what? (laughs) More good news is that we're giving you... Oh, the three for free crap. All right, so there you go. Maybe they've twiggled with it. They've fiddled. They've twiddled. They've spat on it. They've cleaned up the connections. You know, they've they've, um, put the, the, the... Stripped the wires with their teeth. They've reconnected everything. I haven't noticed any difference. But anyway, I think Steve's back with us live. Can Yay. we can we cross to Steve? Hey, you and Steve, Central Coast Steve. Did I make it? You have. Now, quick, while, the, <laughs> while the internet <laughs> is good for us, now tell us what's happening. Uh, yeah, show us, show us your sword, so to speak. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a big one, isn't it? And it's shiny. Jeez. A lot, a lot of and people, hard. Oh, a lot of people like to get their hands on that, I bet. It's like it's got a tattoo as well. as. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, Steve, tell us about what is that sword for? Or is it a sword? Do you call it a sword or is it like a hacking? Axe. An axe. Yes, an a axe. Hacky thing. An axe. <laughs> hacky <laughs> thing. <laughs> the hacky sack. It's a hacky thing. The Queensland Dictionary's out there. (laughs) The hacksaw. What's my happy sack got to do with anything? Just a little hacky sack thing. Now, okay, (laughs) Steve, can you – we'll give Steve the floor so his internet can hold out. Now, what is going on with – why have you got the sword slash axe, please? So it's a a trophy for PayPal Battle Hack, which is happening at the end of this month, 26th and 27th of July. Um, And – Basically, developers have to form um, teams. Yeah, there's the, the video now. Developers form teams of uh, one to four um, developers in a group, and they've, they've got 24 hours to develop a community-based app using PayPal and Braintree APIs, SDKs. Um, and at the end of that time, we have a panel of judges who judge their app and uh, pick uh, a winner, pick uh, a, a one of the best apps out of, out of all the groups. Mm. Um, and they get each one of them gets one of these uh, amazing axes, and uh, we take them over to San Jose for the World Finals. Right. Uh, second place gets PlayStation Four, and third place gets um, Polaroid cameras. So, and there's heaps of other sort of prizes to win along the way, and lots of great food, and a lot of work goes into putting into one of making one of these events. I can tell you. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> now, do you do you get to go to uh, San Jose? Is that part of the the deal? Yeah, I'll um, I'll be taking the winners over um, from Sydney, and also we're running one in Singapore. It's the first time PayPal's run uh, a hackathon in um, in this part of the world for the APAC region. So right. um, Sydney's first, and then Singapore in September, and then uh, World Finals in November. So yeah, yeah, nice work. And so you got you uh, registered, got a lot of registrations and all this sort of stuff. It's all starting to come together. Yeah, we're getting uh, a, a lot of press, uh, a lot of reg- lot of heaps of registrations. Um, I'm doing talks all over Sydney. I've taken the axe with me to some of the meetups, which has been rather <laughs> interesting. Um, I'm probably one of the few, uh, probably the only developer in Australia to have stood in front of PayPal Sydney uh, a few days ago with an axe. Yeah, um, <laughs> which was rather interesting. Without the yeah, but you're not the first caught. person that's wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, so that sounds good. So just tell us again, when when is that on again? 26th and 27th of July. All right, so it's a Saturday, Sunday. All right, so registration's all the way up to the event or you got to pre-register beforehand? Um, pre-register beforehand. Um, tickets are running out, so it's free to come, free to go to. And, yeah, there'll be loads of great prizes and food and heaps of fun. Right. So how do you uh, – do you have to bring your own device, like to do the, the, the coding on, or, or are, they pre, are the devices there? No, yeah, um, bring your own computer, laptop, um, holographic display, whatever you want to bring. Yeah, nice. Good stuff. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll remind everyone again next week, I go, I suppose, as the time goes on. And hopefully we might be able to – you'll let us know who wins and we can, yeah, get get 
announce the winner as well. Like, well, not announce it, but you know, uh, just tell everyone who won it and what he done. So we'll have a little review of that when the when the time comes. So thanks, Steve. That's that's excellent. I'm glad your internet held out there as well. Well, all that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> all right. Now uh, let's try, uh, Jace. What what have you been doing this week? Give us a story, please. Well, posting to Facebook at 3 a.m. is rarely well considered or necessary, but what if there was a sober voice of reason tapping you on the shoulder and urging you to reconsider? That's the thinking behind a new technology some Sydney schools hope will forestall students making poor choices on social media while protecting others from bullies. Here's how it works. A student publishes something rude or insulting on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It contains a blacklisted word or phrase, or it is posted at the time of day, 1 a.m. to 5 a.m., for example, deemed risky. The post is then stalled while a student is sent a prompt alerting them to its offensive nature and urging them to reconsider. At this point, the student can delete the post, modify it, or ignore the warning completely and proceed as intended. The designer is also working on an image function. Skin-coloured pixels, for example, could indicate nudity, or the shape of guns and other weapons could be identified. In terms of brain development, t- teenagers don't literally don't have a filter until their late teens, so it really is an electronic filter for them. Oh, well, there you go. Isn't that, isn't that oh, exciting? Yeah. Hi, you're a half-baked moron who I can't stand. Did you really want to post this? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> At least I mean... you've got a chance to consider it. <laughs> I don't like you, so that's why I'm posting it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not, it wasn't something I just thought aloud. I actually want the world to see that I hate you. <laughs> mm, mm. What sort of phone's that? You just know someone's going Are you really, really, really sure you hate this person that much? <laughs> Well, at least you don't have to do a mathematical equation. God forbid. Looks like an Android something. It's not Google, you know. No, it's a Windows <laughs> phone. There you go. Hey, what? Who? Hey, hey, what? Oh, just on In that the little picture. Facebook graphic that uh, came up there. Uh, got a Windows. Must be a Nokia or something. Hmm. You can see the. Oh, Windows a Nokia. What are you, American? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We'll give us. Yeah, a... Nokia. Nokia. <laughs> Nokia. Nissan. Here's the story, Will. What have you been finding out this week? Alrighty. Well, um, I can't remember. It's been a while since I said since I've seen you guys actually. But I I bought a um, the Chromecast, um, which is the device that you plug into oh. your HDMI port on your TV, and you can share your screen. You can stream movies and things from your phone or from your computer to your TV. It's basically the the most basic of entry level, I guess, uh, media players or, or that sort of device you can get. Um, the cool part is now they've actually just released a, um, the new update has include, included screen mirroring. So now what it means is that whatever you're displaying on your mobile device, you can now actually display on your, uh, on your TV as well. So, um, there has been a bit of an issue previously. If you want to watch a movie from your phone or play back a video or photos, it's been a little bit painful. It's been possible. It's just been painful. Mm. Um, but now with this, with this, um, setup, you can simply just go to the app into the Chromecast app and then you can do cast, cast screen and whatever's on your screen will display. So whether it's, um, movies or pictures or, uh, whether you want to work on a document, you've got a Bluetooth keyboard and you've got say, you're in a hotel room, you only need your Chromecast, your phone and a Bluetooth keyboard and you can now work on a full-size screen sending emails and things like that. So um, it, it, will, it will mirror in, into it like, and, and assume the size of the screen? Yeah. Because with the, with the Apple and the AirPlay, uh, you can mirror your device, say your iPhone, but it comes up as a skinny sort of like a phone uh, image, if you know what I mean. Like it's a, yep. it, it doesn't, and even if you turn it onto landscape, it still doesn't uh, consume the full TV screen. It's still um, no, well, because this this you device the actual Chromecast you set up to be the resolution of the TV. So if it's seven twenty TV, you set the Chromecast to seven twenty. Right. And because all new phones are displaying in really ridiculously high resolutions now, anyway, um, whether it's seven twenty or it's a thousand twenty four, whether it's the even some of them are doing four K now. Mm. Um, on a 4K, sorry, Retina display or whatever it is. Um, so, you know, once you've set, set it up properly and you set it to your Chromecast, um, it knows the size of the screen, so it knows how to fill it up. At the moment, it's limited in release. I've only just released it for some of the Nexus, most of the Samsung Galaxy range, the S4 through uh, S5, Note 3, Note 10, HTC Ones and the LG stuff. But the new update... Um, which is coming out, I believe, at the end of this week, according if I get my reading this article correctly, will basically anything that's on the last sort of two versions or three versions of the Android operating system should work properly with this. So 
that's going to be neat because it's really going to mm. change the way you're now able to use your mobile device. When you said that you'd bought something new, I thought you were going to buy, have, t- tell us you'd bought one of these things. Does anyone know? I'm just <laughs> flashing a picture up of it. Of yes. A, of no, a though, it, I know you're having say as a joke, but my nephew just bought one. <laughs> well, look, well he's, got, he's got two phones. He's got his normal day-to-day phone, which uses a personal phone. Um, which is the uh, S5 or something. Well, let, let me, he... just, just before you go, let me just tell everyone that might be listening what this is. This is a BlackBerry Passport. That's what they've called it. And the unique thing or the, the disturbing thing or the, the funny thing about it is it's almost square. It's uh, 4.5 mm. inches, 1400 by 1400 resolution. Uh, the, it's 90 degree corners and a giant size, 3.18 inch wide. It is bigger than the Samsung Galaxy Note 3. It has a physical QWERTY keyboard, which I can't get a, away from that. And beyond these physical features, little else is known about the device. It will be officially launched in September this year before going on sale in 2015. So, yeah, sorry, Will, mm. your, your little nephew, what's he doing? Yeah, I mean, uh, he hasn't bought the passport, but he's bought the whatever the last of the, the ones were called. Um, the one that had the, the full size key or the full keyboard and stuff on it, but um, mm. I mean, he uses it for his work because it's you know, um, because they do, I don't know why, because they're more secure or who knows, right. but so yeah, he's still <laughs> rocking the, the Blackberry. Oh, good to see someone yeah, by the look of it. Uh, Apple are not gonna have to worry about you getting confused with iPad <laughs> mini or anything. <laughs> There's no lawsuit there, you reckon? That's all good. I don't think no. so. Take the keyboard off it, you might have wants that design. <laughs> Now, I had a phone that looked like that about, oh, gee, when was that? About 98, 99, I think I had a phone that looked like that. It was, wasn't it called a uh, Palm Pilot or something? <laughs> I thought my little bloke <laughs> had one of those little Elmo phones that looked like that, actually. Now, <laughs> what do you think of the BlackBerry, Steve? Are you uh, got one? Um, I'm actually getting one <laughs> through work soon, but it reminds me of, I don't know if anyone's, yeah, I, I know. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen the full <laughs> version of The Office, but. They had a, a triangle tablet. I'm just getting an image to load now. Wait, let's see if that will work. It never will works. Will that show <laughs> it? Um, hey, that's cool. I want one. Where do you get those? Can I have one? That's <laughs> a Dunder Mifflin pyramid. Yeah, right. Wow. Someone, someone get on that. <laughs> it looks too much like uh, iPad Air, I'm afraid. <laughs> looks like something you want to try. It's a, a triangular triangular phone or triangular device, a triangle screen. That's weird. That is weird. It's awesome. How are you going to listen to that? It'd be great for playing games. It'd be perfect. Mm, Yeah, right. Good stuff. Remember the old old Engage, the taco, the original one. I love that thing. That was great. I've actually still got kicking one. Still got one kicking around here somewhere. I still use it for... uh, Didn't you have to like take the battery out to change game chips or something? Yeah, did. Yeah, take the battery out to reset it half the time too. <laughs> yeah. So and the games came on little eight meg cards. And then Nokia did this other one that was similar, but it folded differently, and it was really bizarre. Now, now tell me. <laughs> so when you get a BlackBerry for for work, uh, Steve, so that means you're going to have two, or you're going to migrate into the BlackBerry and become. No, a- I'm going to have two. Yeah, right. No, definitely, definitely keeping, yeah, I'm keeping the Android. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Wise words, my friend, wise words. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Jace, what else have you got? What else did you find for us this week? Well, scientists at uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology are developing an audio reading device to be worn on the index finger of people whose vision is impaired, giving them affordable and immediate access to printed words. The so-called Finger Reader, a prototype produced by a 3D printer, fits like a ring on the user's finger, equipped with a small camera that scans text. Wow. A synthesized voice reads the words aloud, quickly translating books, restaurant menus, and other needed materials for daily living, especially away from home or office. Reading is as easy as pointing finger at the text. Special software tracks the finger movement, identifies words, and processes the information. The device has vibration motors that alert readers when they stray from the script says Roy Silcrot, who is developing the device at MIT Media Lab. The finger reader can read papers, books, magazines, newspapers, computer screens, and other devices, but it has a problem with touch text on a touch screen, he said. That's because touching the screen with the tip of the finger would move the text around, producing unintended results. Disabling the touch screen function eliminates the problem. 
Mario said the uh, affordable pricing could make the finger reader a key tool to help people with vision impairment integrate into modern information economy. Now, the only potentially problem I see with that is that, depending on how uh, how uh, blind the person would be, but how, how would you know where the, the 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 next line is? You know, like I did wonder about that, but uh, extra text that I uh, didn't put in our show notes says that uh, it will beep at the start of a word and if where this words start and if you go off the track or a bit down the page or something then it'll beep and mm. uh you move your finger back up and it'll let you know that you're back on track again yeah okay yeah okay cool that sounds like a good idea that's a good idea and now if you were to buy one of these you could get it sent and to the new 24 7 parcel lockers have you guys heard of these mm. yep yeah they got some near work you yeah. got some down the road. Yeah, right. So what happens here? Let me get this going. So these are like it's a big bank of lockers and, and Australia Post will put your parcel in there. Uh, they're accessible 24-7. And so far at only around about 140 locations around Australia. Self-service parcel collection. Get your parcel when it suits you. Free registration. Uh, you can also register for lockers at different locations. Private secure. Uh, they'll text and email you a unique code that you use to access your uh, particular locker. And it's easy to use. You just register, uh, you shop on eBay or wherever with PayPal and collect. So so what you do is when you're putting in your address, uh, you just put it in as you know your name, parcel locker number 1234 and the address of the actual place. And then that parcel will get delivered and popped into that locker. You get a text, you've got to come down and pick it up. Now, if you don't pick it up, you get twenty, you get forty-eight hours to pick it up. If you don't pick it up, they will send it to the nearest your normal street address, nearest parcel collection spot. So does that make sense? Yeah. So uh, I don't know. This uh, there's none near me. Oh, there's a couple near me, but you know, too far away for me to go to, like five k away or something. So it doesn't really suit me. But uh, I don't know. So Will, you've seen do it. Do you actually own it like a post box or something? Do you rather than no. just have a bunch of no? You just, you just rent get. it. You just rent it for that period of time. Once, well, once your yeah, parcel comes I mean, up into though, yeah. Oh, then it goes to somebody else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. It's not, it's only while ever you've got that particular parcel turning up that it goes in there. And um, there's the ones that Ipswich are a little bit different to the one you're showing there. They actually send you a um, QR code that you can hold up on your phone, hold up in front of the camera, and it pops the locker open. Um, that's great, except there's 12 of them for the entire Ipswich CBD, which was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> and, I mean, to be honest, you read most of eBay's policies, and most people don't ship to post office boxes anyway, so they're not going to be able to ship to those. Um yeah, I and had that problem. One of my friends over in Western Australia sent me a USB key that was completely empty and cost him nothing. It was given to him, and I uh, gave my home address to send it to. And the um, the courier guy turned up there, and he said, "I can't leave it here because you have to sign for it." I said, "Well, does it say you have to sign?" He said, "No, that they didn't tick must sign, and they didn't tick doesn't matter if they sign. So we have to assume that you have to sign for it." I said, "Well, just leave it there, and I'll take responsibility if it's lost." No. Can't do that. Couldn't deliver it to post office box or anything. I had to get him to bring it right into the city and get somebody to sign for it. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other problem with them is, I mean, let's face it, Australia Post is dying and it's their own fault that they're dying. Uh, <clears throat> um, instead of being smart enough to adapt and overcome and get with the program like normal, uh, you know. Sounds like media. <laughs> well, I think this yeah, is. Yeah, well, that's right. I think but, this is I mean, a good idea. If, if, if eBay will post to it. That's a good idea. Well, is it? I mean, I just prefer to get it sent to work and I haven't got to go and get it. I mean, yeah, it, it is. The thing is, though, they're only fairly limited size. So if it's still a big bulky item, you're still going to have the same problem you had before. Mm. But, um, see, but see, I had, I had the problem just the other week when I was getting my little... That, yeah, paper, that thing delivered. My little yeah. PayPal here thing. And they, they came and I wasn't home. And I rang them up and I yeah. said, can you deliver it to the nearest post office? No. has to go to some post office like 15K away. So yeah. if, if we if I had this locker thing, they could have just put, popped it into the locker. I could have gone over mm. at midnight if I wanted to, and um and popped it. But out. you're assuming they'd send it to a PO box. Well, in this, well, it's a, not a PO box; it's a locker. <laughs> but in this, no, case, they're classed as a PO box. Well, when if you if you fill the details out like online and or through PayPal or whatever, mm. it classifies it as a PO box because that's as close as classification. Mm. I can see I can see the dilemma there, but in this instance, in this case, uh, it would have worked. 
No, well, it came by Star Trek, which is now owned by yeah. Australia Post, so it would have worked in this instance. But, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. And it well, did... I mean, don't get me the concept's great. I think unless they're going to roll them out to more or less every country, every town, you know, every district has a, a lot of them. And as I said, there's 12 for the entire Switch CBD. So the chances of actually getting one when you want one is hmm. is virtually impossible. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's free to register. So, like, you know, if, you, if you're a person that's never at home and you're getting something yeah. sent to you, well, try and get it sent to this thing and yeah, we'll see how you go anyway. All right, we'll keep going with uh, what you've got. Have you got anything? Me? You want me mm. to do something? All right, fine. I'll do something. Um, it's interesting, you know, we, we talk about astronauts and, and how the space race and all the things and technological advances and, and everything like that. Um, there's a guy, his name is George Ulrich. And he's been employed for the last 40 years. And his entire job is smelling things. Nice. Um, now, you, you may wonder why. Well, <laughs> the thing is, okay, on Earth, when we get a bad smell, we open a window. If you're in a space station or on a shuttle, that's not advised. No. Um, <laughs> you generally can't just, you know, go and open and a window. And why is that, Bill? You <laughs> well, it'll get... Well, Okay, it will get rid of the smell. That's not, you know, that, that part of it will work fine. Um, but basically what he does, it's his job to every every single thing that goes in that shuttle, whether it's um, whether it's with, uh, you know, the hoses they put in, the computers they put in, all the metal work, everything they put in, um, the what the astronauts are wearing, what science experiments are going on board, you name it, every single thing that goes onto that has to be smelt. And this guy has to smell test it because um, if there's a noxious fume or um, a chemical release of some description, you know, you, as I said, you can't just open a window and get rid of it. So they've got to be able to, to do it. But, you know, it's just fascinating. With all this technology and all these advances um, that we have, there's still a guy there who spends his entire life sniffing things. Like, it's just, it's fascinating. What happens to smells? <laughs> I mean, in this kind of condition, you should keep off the cabbages and onions. What, what, yeah, well, that's probably... <laughs> what happens to smells, Will, in a space shuttle? Do they do they dissipate? They must. Um, they still must. Yeah, they I mean, they do. <laughs> well, they do. I mean, they've got their filtration systems and they've got their, you know, their, um, the, the charcoal canisters and they've got all the recirculation stuff, but there's still that period of time where it's still going to be within the shuttle before it goes through the filtration system. So if it's a noxious fumes, you know, it, if, if it's hazardous or dangerous, you, you're SOL because you can't just, you know, you can't get away from it. You have yeah, to wait like for it to go away. Now, no. Sorry, but uh, sorry, I don't understand that lingo. Uh, what is SOL? Out of luck. Oh, <laughs> AOL. Strangely out of luck. <laughs> okay. Sarcastically out of you luck. Know you know, the one thing I still find unusual is uh, you can't taste anything in space, apparently. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. There you go. No. I would have thought, apparently, I would have thought it was yeah, Okay. Maybe it's because their food's so flavorful. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's that oxygen that. Oh well, no, there's be oxygen up there, wouldn't there? So yeah, there's oxygen. Uh, well, you yeah. want to hope so. <laughs> <laughs> the problem if there's not. Then science rules. <laughs> hey, well, it's uh, but it's it's yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that'll work because you've still got you know you've still got moisture in the air. Obviously, you've still got oxygen. You've still got the smell. So I don't know how you couldn't have a taste unless unless you you did just so naturally. Like being on an aeroplane, they reckon if you're on an aeroplane, you can't taste food very well because the air's so dry all the time. Yeah, right, right. Well, there you go. Well, I won't be going up to test it out. I know that. But yeah, uh, they got no oxygen. There. No, <laughs> I'm not going to space. There's no air there. No, that's right. That's right. It reminds me of that question I saw on Yahoo Answers where this girl is going. You know, we've landed on on the moon and stuff. Do you think we'll ever land on on the sun? And somebody is like, well, it'd probably have to be at night time because then it wouldn't be so hot. And she's like, you know, I didn't think of that. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, you've only got a 12-hour window. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, what a, what a hurry. <laughs> All right, now uh, talking about no oxygen, Windows 7 deadline looms. Yes, we're talking about this already, are we? Ooh, dun, dun, dun. That's right, well, Windows 7. It only just seems like yesterday our little friend came out. But no, it's uh, it's come out 
a long time ago. Microsoft will stop providing what is called mainstream support for all versions of Windows 7 next year, January 13. But as noted by the Znet's Mary J. Foley, this doesn't mean Microsoft will stop issuing security updates for Windows 7 as it did for Windows XP just a little while back, if you can remember. Uh, what this means is once a mainstream support ends, Windows 7 will enter what is known as extended support. Ah, there's all these different uh, adjective supports, isn't there? Which usually lasts for five years. During this period, customers will get free security updates for Windows 7, but they'll have to pay for bug fixes and for phone and online support. Microsoft will still provide free security updates for Windows 7 until January 14, 2020. So, uh, That's okay. They might have used a usable operating system by then. Yeah, now, Will, that's what you're using. Now, you need to go, yeah. you need to, go to Windows so, 8. No, no, so I said every second one's good. So Windows 7, so it'll be whatever they bring in after Windows 8, I'll switch to. Or I'll go to Linux either way. My guess is 9. <laughs> uh, they'll do something stupid. <laughs> it'll be like it'll be like 8.4.7 revision 3 or something. What about uh, 8S? No? Yeah, no, the sports no. edition, yeah. <laughs> 8X? No. Yeah, it's really fast for a short period of time that it breaks down. Microsoft, <laughs> and also while we're on the subject of Microsoft, will also move uh, all versions of Windows Server 2008 uh, and 2008 uh, 2 into extended support next January, along with all versions of Server to Windows Storage Server. So meanwhile, the next big looming support deadline for small business is 14th of July next year when Microsoft will cease all security updates for Server 2003. So there you go. Okay, so have to release Server 2014 or something soon, yeah, right? Yeah, I was going to say, the, the R2. Yeah, yeah, that's the latest, isn't it? They're really, they're, way, they're overdue for that. I don't, don't they normally have the server versions out mm. and by the time they've been out for a couple of years, then they start to... Drop the old one. Well, I think. Well, why? What is this? Uh, this uh, this addiction to you know the years? Like, I think Apple's got the right idea. You know, like Mavericks and Snow Leopards and everything. No one knows who, what year they come out, and therefore they don't. Yeah, well. They don't date, do they? Like, you go up to the guy on the street and say, "Oh yeah," I'm, or you say, "I'm using Snow Leopard." He goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's pretty new." Yeah. <laughs> so you know, and, and uh, if you went up to him and said, "Oh yeah," really, using- we've had about three since. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but but realistically, when what Snow Leopard was only out like what, no more than four years ago, which yeah. which to to the man in the street is like a relatively that's recent, that's just yeah. But I mean, Windows stopped doing that really like in trackable like that once once XP that was their last yeah their last trackable one. Yes, maybe it'll but be Windows Server eight point one. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, but, but their service see... stuff's always been a little bit weird, though. Mm, yeah, true. But it, well, do you see what Bill Gates is up to while talking of this sort of stuff. He's uh, created a wireless, or he's he's, he's encouraging. And apparently, there's, is there a prototype? But a, a wireless contraceptive. So get <laughs> get that one into you. Where do you put the antenna? <laughs> now, <laughs> <well>. <laughs> the uh, device developed by Microchips. An offshoot of MIT is an implant under a woman's skin delivering a small dose of levongestrel hormone into the body. Now, while contraceptive implants have been around for some time, the new chip offers uh, differs in two important ways. First, it's longer lasting and current hormone implants have to be changed every three to four years, whereas microchips implant can remain in place for 16 years. Wow. And, and, it's, and it's probably hackable too. So if she's uh, in a bad mood, you can just turn <laughs> it on a, a bit extra. <laughs> you probably could. <laughs> Might settle it down a bit. Yeah. Or what happens if, yeah. Well, imagine all the lawsuits when she told me her chip was turned on and it wasn't. Now I've got all these kids. What am I going to do with this? You can, you can see it, can't you? Does the chip turn on when she turns on? <laughs> yeah. Or is it turned control? on being the operative word? <laughs> Now, when a woman... Uh, it's, 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 it's done by Facebook status. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure you wanted to post that? Well, what happens if it... If it what happens if it BSODs, like blue screen of death? Uh, There's be... only two outcomes and neither of them are good. No, that's right. No. When a woman wants to get pregnant, the device can be turned off via remote control. <laughs> and, uh, Who control? Who's got the remote control? That's what oh, I want to know. That's right. No, seriously, who, who, who has... I mean... There's there's the age old battle of you know women deliberately getting pregnant to make the the guy pay for the child support and stuff like that. Well, fine, but 
with this chip, it doesn't stop that because now it's even easier to do it. And the thing is, who has control? Do you have to go to the doctor and get it reset? Or is it something you can just switch on and off whenever you feel like it? Or yeah. what's the go? I don't know. They seem pretty difficult to turn on for me. <laughs> <laughs> the chip. I mean... You can't just switch it on and off like that, man. It like take hours sometimes. <laughs> I wonder if it's battery operated. You <laughs> <laughs> so, mean with the Facebook status, if her um, boyfriend says... Going to the girlfriends and get some tonight, then it switches on. <laughs> and, and, and the father controls. And more it. importantly, what if what if what if upgrades? Well, are they going to yeah. version control them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your girlfriend or the chip? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, exactly. so so Bill likes to be at the forefront of all the technology. So he's out there and uh, he's fighting the good cause. Now, uh, Jace, what else have you got for us, please? How does free transportation in a stranger's car sound? That's what new ride-sharing app called Ride Surfing is offering as it publicly launches in Sydney to compete with the Google-backed Uber. Rides are free and without expectation for reward, the website says. If you prefer, you may give a donation. We compute an appropriate suggested donation based on time and distance. Offering a donation mechanism rather than asking passengers to pay for a fee at the end of each trip appears to be designed to skirt around state laws, which might prevent the app from existing. When Uber launched UberX, which offers similar ride-sharing service, the New South Wales government's Roads and Maritime Service said that if payment was accepted, drivers in cars needed to be appropriately accredited and authorised by RMS, and they were not. RMS has said, however, that the laws did not apply to, for example, a group of friends sharing expenses or a carpooling arrangement between colleagues sharing a ride to the office. That's where ride surfing comes in and where its founders claim that its passengers are part of a community. As one driver recently told him, when testing the service, we're your friend. It's because we're a donation-based community that we're within the boundaries of the law. Manatu DuPont, the 33-year-old co-founder of ride surfing, claimed in an interview. Well, what... what they forgot to mention there was the the, uh, the working title for that program was called Kidnappers Are Us. <laughs> but what's the what's the point? Who who's making money? What's going on? Why would well they just... really 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 encourage you to pay some money for it? They're right. just not saying that you have to because RMS can then give them a fifteen hundred dollar fine for mm. ferrying passengers around. Yeah, but we we talked about uh, the reason I brought this up specifically was uh, we talked about Uber before, and you'd said uh, would I try out Uber, and I said no because I didn't want to hop in random strangers' dodgy car or whatever. But that was before I realised after reading an article recently the different types of Uber services they've got. So I've listed it here: the black car. This is orig- Uber's original service. Choosing a black car will send a high-end sedan to your location with seating for up to four people. And sometimes they give you a free bottle of water, cold water and stuff to drink. Taxi, this is called a taxi that has an agreement with Uber. The taxis are much like any normal taxi except for your pay through the app. So you might get your silver service. Well, that's different what you normally pay through. Yeah, but apparently a lot of uh, taxis actually like this much better than their other booking services and so do passengers. Of course, Uber X, it sends the everyday car to your location with up to four people. It's a budget one. And Lux, this will send a high-end luxury car to your location with seating for up to four people. It's their most expensive service, but you get luxury cars. And so, cars, so. if you're a real pig, you wouldn't donate. You'd get the free ride. Well, the ride surfing one, no. But mm. eventually, people people get rated, so you have an account there. And if you've not paid like four times, they can rate you as a bastard. And then nobody will want to pick you up when you try and hail one. They'll just say, well, we're not going to go with him because he's never, ever going to donate, whereas this other bloke at least gave me 10 bucks. But that's just like a payment. So if you're going to rate people that aren't donating, you're that's just like... That's but we're payment. not saying you have to. No. But we just won't pick you up if you don't. Oh, that's... Ask. Just make sure you change the name every time you use it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Bob, Bob 1, Bob have 2, you guys, Bob have you? Has yeah. everyone used Uber? No. Nobody. Nah. Have you? Nobody. Just me. And how yeah, I, I use it quite regularly. But um, which one do you use? It's really good. I've, I've used I've used both. Down in, when I was down in Melbourne on um, for for some events, we we had free uh, Uber Black um, transfers and stuff. So, um, and I, I used on Monday actually going around Parramatta. I used um, the regular Uber. So, but um, Braintree's baked right into it. So the, all the payments are handled through through Braintree. Right. Now, you know a little bit about Braintree. What is what is that? I've never heard of it. 
Um, yeah, well, most haven't because it's 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 baked in sort of behind the scenes. You you won't you won't see it. Um, it's it basically allows for uh, user to create a profile inside a um, uh, an app. So developers can set up a uh, allow users to set up a profile and then attach a credit card to that, and then just continually transact. So beat the queue, Minecraft, um, uh, Uber, oh, hey, they all, they've all got it built in. So you don't. Yep. So um, Minecraft payments are all done when you get by your subscription. That's all done through um, Braintree. Yeah. Nice. Well, nice. I, I need to know about this. Uh, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, magic well, word. <laughs> funnily enough, when my um, when my son found out that we um, yeah that Braintree's got the payments for that as well, he was he was like, oh wow, we need to go see Notch. I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just go and knock on his door. That's fine. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So uh, okay, so Braintree, eh? we're going to he- be hearing more about that, or we won't. As consumers, probably hear that. That's just this is just the back end sort of a payment uh, uh, platform, is it? So we're not going to know. Be, we'll be... You won't you won't know you using it, but um, there is there is a new product that just got released. Um, actually, very early hours of this morning, I um, I woke up this morning <laughs> and there was all these big press releases, and yeah, the. The product that had um, finally uh, been in beta for a few weeks, like we've we've been using it internally for a little while. It, it got released this morning. Um, the V.0 is what it's called. Very fancy sort of techie, geeky Uber name, um, but it's a, basically a new payment method similar to similar to your PayPal. It basically basically creates like a, a seamless um, transaction uh, section in, inside a website. So. Very easy to integrate. Very easy to um, plug new new payment methods in. Uh, in the US, pay, uh, PayPal's baked right into it. So this is where PayPal and Braintree are being sort of uh, joined together. Right. Yeah, you nice. could offer it as well, uh, Glenn. It says Braintree works with most leading e-commerce and billing platforms, including Shopify, Magento, and Wufoo. Mm. Yeah, sure it's that all, will be all coming in. through C panel. Yeah, right. Well, Magento goes bit the dust. Yeah. As we said last week, so that's finished. What, what happened with that? You know, it has. It has. That was. Uh, I don't. I don't obviously know any official word. Uh, I um, anyway. I found out about it through was, was through the media as well. So yeah, um, just wasn't uh, making money. Maybe the um, change of strategy. I'm. I'm. Yeah, not too sure. Mm. I can't comment. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right. No <laughs> comment. So obviously, no uh, comment. He's practicing to be a politician. <laughs> but uh, obviously, yeah. So if anyone's got Magento Go site, well, you're going to have to uh, move off it. I think it closes uh, February 15 or something next year. So uh, have to look at something. I didn't know that was an eBay program. Mm. Yeah, yep. well, it wasn't. Yeah, they bought it. Um, yeah, it w- bought wasn't... it in 2011. Right. So they really ran that one into the ground. So that yeah, that was no good. <laughs> well, they've just bought Gumtree and they've already put PayPal on Gumtree and they've started bumping up the fees. So we'll see how long that hangs around too. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Like you know, there's um other there's apparently if you're on a Magento Go, you can get uh, there's a big big e-commerce or something there out there. You would have got an email from them and they would have linked you across to this other mob that you can just apparently seamlessly migrate to. So uh, if you're on one of those platforms, but but other than that, uh, the community edition of Magento is still going. It's just the uh, the hosted version. All right, uh, Will, you can have another story yeah, if you like. Oh, can I can adjust. That's very considerate of you, sir. I'm like that. <laughs> um, mine now. <laughs> yeah, you know how well I'm always one for weird stories and uh, things of potential possibilities for future products. Well, they've just Electrolux has just had the Design Lab 2014. Um, they're semi finalists to reveal their ideas for the home of the future. So there's a few interesting little uh, ideas there. Um, you can go through and read, but the first one is uh, called Set to Mimic, and what it is, it's a um, a, a tablet or a sort of a chemical that tricks your brain into thinking you're eating what you think you're eating. So instead of eating, you know, say you don't like your peas and carrots and stuff, uh, if you think you're eating, you know, a hamburger, then yeah. you'll be eating a hamburger. <laughs> so this is a so, pill. These are these are the the sort of the home of the future sort of things. Um, oh, so the, you know, so, there's some that. Yeah. So how are they going to trick you? Is it what is it? it it's it's chemically. It's all it's done chemically. Um, Jeez, that's got to be good for you. Yeah, it, it'll be fine. Yeah, the <laughs> governments and chemicals. There's never a problem there. Nah. Um, 
there's, uh, you know, home purification now. So just being a big, ugly box that's sitting in the corner, they're thinking about ways of integrating it. In this case, it's it's done like a lotus leaf. Um, it uses UV light and things like that to help purify the air. So they're starting to just make things a little bit done. This one's interesting. I don't ever actually think it'd work, but it's interesting. It's called the U-Bubble. Um, and basically, there's like giant floating fish bowls and you just put random bits of food in them so you've got apples in one and bananas in another one and fish in another one wow. and it tells you on it what it is and what the temperature is and when it's best used by and stuff like that so i mean it's neat but i'd say it's getting up to the fridge you know, how, do they float? Hassle. how are they floating do you know <laughs> oh any gravity devices who knows i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i didn't read that much you into this. A ball with those. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this one's the flying personal bartenders. So once again, instead of having to get up and go and get yourself more plastered, um, they'll come to you. Once you've drink sent you, they fly over to the bar, make your favorite drink and fly back. And, um, you haven't even got to get up to do it. So I'm in voting for that one to be designed first and then they can work on the rest <laughs> later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this one's, um, aromatherapy shower. Um, it's, uh, as the name suggests, invigorating shower aromatherapy. So it's it's sort of a normal shower, but it has different... It makes the whole room sort of like a holographic projection where it, it immerses you into the you know the forest or whatever you happen to be in at the time. Not sure about this one. It's called the Sphere, the AMO Sphere. Uh, it's a sphere of pure air in which you interact with holograms and wear very strange clothes. Um, it, there was a movie done on that a while back uh, about... I can't think of what it's called, but you had an avatar basically that um, it was an avatar. There was another one, I think, <laughs> but you, you lived inside of effectively a little cocoon and your avatar went out and went to work for you and did all the things you would do in a day to day, you know, day to day office. But that's sort of something that's, that's getting there a little bit more. Um, uh, that's just for some of the, vir- some of the ideas for virtual games that they're coming up with. Um, it's all holographic projection stuff, you know, it's it's getting pretty neat. Um, this one here is actually a good idea. It's a antibacterial instantly cleaning glove. Um, so it's antibacterial. Obviously, keeps using um, nanotechnology keeps the the gloves clean all the time. So you know you can go and pat a dog or whatever, and you don't have to worry about it. Nice. Um, again, with the whole inside entertainment thing, apparently there's a theme. They don't want you to go outside. This one's uh, Clean Action Hero could be the perfect game for the germophobic family. So apparently the whole idea now is to keep the family inside and never let them go outside ever again. Um, what is the who needs fresh air? This is just all fantasy. <laughs> this is fantasy. Um, but this is my favorite one. This is called Robotic Jaws um, or, or Pesera. And it's for those who want... So, I love the caption. For those who want cyborg piranhas sucking on the dirty undies. Um, basically, right. what it is, it's a fishbowl populated by tiny robotic fish that have digital cameras on them that can see the dirt and they actually go around and they actually eat the dirt off the clothes that are in there. Dear, dear. <laughs> How many are there, Will? Uh, there's only a couple more, George. but uh, that, <laughs> that one was actually my favourite one, was the, the dirty fish one. The other one's a... Um, um, a, 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 what do I call it? A pet peddler, but it's a you know how we've got the Roombas and the you know the vacuum, robotic vacuum cleaners and stuff like that. It's same sort of deal, but it's an air purifier. So if you've got a cat, it follows the cat around the house and uh, stops the you know the fur and stuff from giving you allergies. So yeah, mm, mm, fair enough. All right. Well, mm. uh, looks like Samsung's has announced it's going to stop the uh, production of plasma TVs. They're finished. And I think mm-hmm. a few other uh, companies have also stopped. Uh, I think, uh, is it uh, someone still doing it? Who is it? Uh, what's that bloody name of them? I can't think of that. But LG, oh, I think Pioneer. they're still doing oh, it. Uh, it said that falling demand meant it would insist focus on producing curved and ultra-high-definition TVs. Plasma screens which use electrically charged ionised gases are often applauded for their brightness deep blacks and high frame rate rates considered ideal yeah. for watching sports and films, but they tend to use more electricity and are considerably bulker than the now more popular LCDs. So there you go. So plasmas, I think I've got, I've got a couple of plasmas. So that'd be, I, I like them. I liked them better actually. Yeah. I did like them better than the LCDs, but I think the LCDs have they, got. They help keep the house warm in winter. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well that's the problem with my plasma. I have the media center hang off the back of it and it gets a little toasty. But, uh, 
It's good. As you say, they're they're, bro- they're much deeper picture, and the blacks are, you know, I've got an LCD TV, and the blacks got nothing compared to the plasma that yeah. I've got. But anyway, once again, mm-hmm. it's the old thing, isn't it? It's it's uh, not what's best. It's just what I don't know. People. Well, I guess plasma is seen as the old technology now because it was sort of the step up from the CRTs. Plasma became the de facto replacement. There were other options, but and so I guess if you think about it, plasma is a what ten year old now. Or even more, oh, so yeah, must be, yeah, must you be. know. Must so be. they've reached their their end of life, and now with everybody being so power conscious, and and speaking of which, we just got a power bill notice of increase of rate, so our power bill is going to go up, you know, twenty odd bucks a week, twenty five bucks mm. a week, you know, yeah. just for because they can. Yeah. So well, I think with with mm. that happening, people are more Bloody carbon tax. Oh. Would well, you know what I reckon it is? <laughs> what I reckon is going on because I got the same letter, and they said. Uh, uh, the 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 daily charge is going up. You know the daily admin charge, or whatever you want to read the meter charge yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It was fifty cents. It's going up to ninety nine cents or something. So yeah. So what's happening? And this is what's and the happening. admin charge is going up. Yeah. So what's happening is yes, the carbon tax is going to come off it, but nothing's going to come down. They're not going to lose any money because they've bu- they've doubled the price of all the the admin charges, and for some nong to come around and read your meter, how many meters? Well, that's that's a separate charge again. Because they blocked it. Yeah, well. But, I mean, that's not even... like The the, the daily charge is the, the supposed service charge that allows them to put the pole out in front of your house. Like, that's supposed to go to maintenance of that pole in front of your house, all those wires in front of your house, theoretically. But how come suddenly, within this period of time, it suddenly costs them a dollar now a day to keep mm. those lines there? That's you the, know, the, it's the, just, the reason why it started going up done. years ago. Was because they were saying, "Oh, we got to put the thing up because the the network is uh, all all busted up. We need to raise more money to improve it." And then the it's carbon- busted up because they decided to pocket all the money instead of putting it back into their infrastructure, yeah, which is what they're supposed to do. That's right. well, it'll it'll all be it'll all come out in the wash once they privatise it. It'll fix it up really well. Yeah, oh, we can't make it any worse. No, <laughs> get us off this subject, Jace. Please, it annoys me. Power's so high. Hey, there's some places that are privatised. I believe it's Finland where. They, there's one sole provider. I could be wrong. I think it's Finland, but there's one sole provider, and the sole provider actually does power, water, and communications. The one provider does the whole lot, mm. and they've got one of the best systems in the world. They're the cheapest, and they're the most reliable, and they're the fastest internet. Yeah, right. Well, so let's all move over there. Uh, Jace, last story, please. Researchers in Barcelona are changing the way we think about GPS. For the past two decades, GPS users have been moving from A to B by the most direct way possible. Now, Danielle Kiasia, at a researcher at Yahoo Labs, has engineered a piece of technology to direct users the most beautiful way. The goal of this work is to automatically suggest routes that are not only short, but also emotionally pleasant. Like While motorists route. may still be more interested in the fastest route, the technology could have significant implications for pedestrians, particularly tourists. Mm. Yes. Yeah, you can see it now. It takes you to work via the pub. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah. Via yeah. the strip mall. Yeah. <laughs> Did that really put you on the map? Yeah. <laughs> Although I have to actually it's funny you mentioned GPS. Our GPS at work and the truck just started going Burko today. You'd put in an address and it would send you in the complete opposite direction. Like literally, not just in a roundabout way, it would actually send you the exact same distance in the complete opposite direction of where you're supposed it's to be. It's like going. the TARDIS, it's sending you where you should be going, not where you think you want to go. Oh, it That's was right. just bizarre. <laughs> you know- you know what it was? Someone had one of those chips, one of those um, birth control chips in. <laughs> that too. Well, I, I was trying to go through the tunnel, I suppose. Well, there you go. There you go. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. Let's get out of here. It's getting worse, isn't it? All right. <laughs> so, uh, oh, it can only get worse. It never gets better. Ah, true. All right. So uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, hopefully, yeah, it looks like the video is recorded this week. So there'll be a video on YouTube. You can catch us live at aussietechheads.com.au forward slash live. And also facebook.com uh, <laughs> forward slash aussietechheads. And you can also get uh, apps of the day, free iOS apps for that day only. Otherwise, you've got to pay for them if you don't hurry up and get them. Uh, uh, and Jace also puts up the Android apps of the day as well. He goes through his Androids, I go through the iOS, and we both 
put our respective apps up that we think are good for the day. And uh, don't forget the AussieTechRadio.com, 24-7 Tech Radio Shoutcast. Jump on that AussieTechRadio.com. It'll tell you how to listen to it, whether it be on the website, whether it be on your phone or um, whatever else you might have. One of those triangle tablets, maybe. You might have one of those things going. So, uh, how <laughs> and don't forget, you, <laughs> how uh, you, know, you, you know I've got to do it. Don't forget, you go to ObsidianLoft.com and check out our Minecraft podcast there as well. That's all right. Yeah, Obsidian Loft. You better spell that. You better spell that every week because people can't spell Obsidian. It sounds <laughs> like O-B-S-I-D-I-A-N. Obsidian. It's a rock. Look it up. Yeah, it must be. Did you, remember, <laughs> did you see that Facebook post? I had a receipt. I bought a vacuum cleaner. It was Obsidian Black. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks, Steve. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll collect the royalties later too. But yeah, no worries. <laughs> uh, thanks, Steve, for coming on. Good to talk to you again. And uh, good luck with Battle Thank, thank you. And we'll uh, we we'll should catch up with you soon. So uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for doing that. And Will and Jace, thanks for coming on. And we'll see you guys next week as well. See you then. No worries, sir. Oh, thank right. you. Don't forget the show notes at aussietechers.com.au. Also the the uh, YouTube's at uh, youtube.com forward slash aussietechers. All right. Until next week, it's uh, have a good week. It's bye from all of us. Bye.